This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to go inside the front office of the athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. Do we have David Forrest, the general manager? David, how are you? What's up, Chris? How's it going? Uh, we're back on the field. We're watching the Rangers take batting practice. We're getting a little more normalcy, and it's actually really, really nice. Well, that's good. Yeah, you've been out there quite a bit recently, huh? Yeah, so you know, I hate to lead the show off, and I know that no one likes to talk about it, but just it's just sad Ramon Laureano is going to be gone for the rest of the season into next year. Yeah, I mean, I figured you'd ask. I didn't think you were going to lead with Iggy coming back to the Warriors, so I was kind of pre- I was kind of prepared for that one. <laughs> I've actually seen you at Warrior games with your son before. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, nah, it's it is it's disappointing. It is sad. Um, you know, I, I I feel bad for Ramon. I feel bad for the other guys in the clubhouse, uh, for our fans, but. Um, but this is what we do. We, you know, we, we sort of move on. We have guys who step up and I, I can't, I can't even remember how many times I've talked about this over the last few years, whether it's an injury or, or something like this, we have guys who are capable of stepping up and, and kind of picking up the slack. So uh, take us through like what happens. Obviously you're suspended. You're going to leave the clubhouse. Is he still able to interact with the ball club? Can he go down to Arizona and still work out? H- how does the process go? Yeah. I mean, he can do all those things. He, he can be around if he wants. He can go to Arizona and work out. But I mean, the reality is he's, he's out for the rest of this season regardless. So I, I think Ramon will take some time away. Um, you know, we'll talk, We'll talk in a few weeks or whenever about if he wants to work out. I, I, I'm guessing he's going to want to play winter ball to, to catch up on some of the time he missed. But um, but all those things, you know, for now, I think he just wants to, to kind of get away and clear his head a little bit. You know, it, it makes the trades even more important because now you can't replace a guy with the August waiver wire process. And I want to always be a guy that's glass half full because I really believe in this team. And if I'm going to be glass half full, you tell me, I think this makes it easier to get Josh Harrison in the lineup every day. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, look, we, we made these trades. Uh, with the idea that Ramon would be here and these guys would be around him and, and we'd add, we'd add um, not rather than replace. Um, but, yeah, this, this opens up opportunities for a lot of guys. I think you saw just in the last few games some of get squeezed for guys like Steven and Mitch. Um, and we know we've got Chad coming back here, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, again, glass half full. It opens up opportunities for guys that maybe were getting squeezed and guys that have some – some experience and, and maybe are ready to step up. And another guy, Stephen Piscotty, where are we with his wrist and his health? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, he's, he's had a couple shots in that wrist and, um, you know, he's, he's given us everything he's got. And, and obviously, you know, he hasn't been in a starting role now for a little while, which is an adjustment, but 
I think Steven's got a lot of good baseball left in him. So uh, I know he's talked to Bob a couple times. I know they even spoke today after the Ramon news came out, and he absolutely wants to you know, be a contributor on this club. You know, I thought the trading deadline was was fascinating, and of course, you know, I'm watching I'm watching the show on MLB Network on my computer. I got the ESPN show, and deals are just flying all over the place. You, you know, you're obviously working deals, but as you're working deals, all these these announcements are coming down. What was the trading deadline like for you and your guys in the war room? Yeah, it, it was it was so busy that you and I didn't get a chance to catch up last Friday. So I'm I'm sorry about that. But it was a it was a hectic day for sure. And um, you know, just like everything else, the last 18 months, this one was was different for us because we we weren't all in a room together. We were we continued to be spread out. We're still not working in the offices. Um, so we you know we use text, we use Slack, we use whatever we can to communicate and. Our group is so good at, at running down information, and Dan or I or Billy has a conversation with another club, and and then you know then we send out these these notes say hey get us information on this guy and and everyone in our baseball office department Pike and David and Ben Sam all these people that you've heard about they're so good at, at getting back to us and we really you know we really had everything we needed to have those conversations obviously to to consummate a number of deals that we were excited about. Like, I can't even imagine what it was like for you as you're on these phones and you're talking to your staff and you're talking to the other teams. Heck, I was just sitting on my couch and I could barely keep up with it. Uh, how, how did you keep up with all the different trades that were going on? I, I didn't. I mean, that's the short, the short answer is I didn't. I literally, like, you know, that day the deadline was at 1 and at, like, 4-something, I'm on Twitter scrolling. I was like, Oh wait, Soria ended up getting traded. Like there were things that I didn't see for for hours. It just it was too much to keep up with. So um, it, look, I think it was great for the game. Obviously, a lot of teams uh, were active in, in getting better, and then there were a few teams that that really went full fire sale. So it was an interesting interesting day. Don't you think it's good for the game that we had so many buyers? So many teams wanting to get better, even teams that weren't even 500 were buying. Wouldn't you say that's great for the sport? Without a doubt. I mean, we, we've sort of faced so much of this, uh, you know, kind of talk radio stuff about tanking and no one's really in it and, and only the, the high, you know, the big market teams are going for it. I, I think all that stuff goes by the wayside when you have a deadline where, you know, more than half the teams are adding some significantly. Uh, and like I said, you only had a couple – I mean, the Cubs and the Nationals kind of come to mind as the teams that really went whole hog in terms of, of moving players, and we benefited from that a little bit with, with both of them. But, um, but, yeah, I think it's great for the game. Do you like this better, or would you still like to have the waiver wire process? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Can I can I answer that in like twenty days when I see if we needed a player or not? <laughs> we'll talk I, to I you in know. September. There's, some, <laughs> there's there's something nice about saying, "Hey, this is the deadline. You got to get it done this day or not at all." I think there's something competitive about that. Um, you know, obviously we have, you know, as recently as 2019, uh, you know, gotten guys in August and. So, I don't know. It, it can go both ways. You sort of see it from, from your selfish perspective. But nothing gets done in this game without a real deadline. I mean, we see that with trades. We see it in the draft. We see it in arbitration. So, to put 
some sort of finality on the July 31 date and say, hey, you better get guys this day or you're not getting them. There's, you know, that's probably part of the reason you saw what you did last week. Well, I got to tell you, so excited about the three bats that you brought in. We just had Jan Gomes on the program, and I, I've been telling the fan base, you just didn't bring in some guys. You, you you got guys with pedigree. You got guys that got World Series rings. You got guys that have been in all-star games. Just talk about bringing in these veterans who are guys that have won in their career. Without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned specifically the three position players, and, and each guy comes with – a little, you know, a little flag, to be honest. I mean, Starling is, we've seen in just over a week what Starling can do to a game. I mean, that game in Anaheim on Sunday, hits, stolen bases. I mean, I keep telling Bob, if stealing bases is that easy, we should be doing it all the time. Because um, he, he is so much fun to watch. Um, and the other the guys from the Nationals, you know, guys, like you said, who've been in postseason, Josh Harrison brings an energy and, and just like a, a uh, a dynamic sort of profile that we don't have, even just in the dugout on the field. And Jan, Jan's such a pro. I mean, you saw with that at bat in the ninth inning the other day against Melanson, just the way he battled, sized him up, and, and came through when we need it. So I've been hearing great things about Jan Gomes for years, and it's nice to finally have him on our side. You know, I think about it, and I hear it in the postgame show all the time where everybody's just talking about rent players it's not necessarily true, right? I mean, there always is the possibility that these guys could love playing here. You love having them here, and they're. I mean, we got a long way to go, but there always is the possibility, isn't there, that these guys could come back? You're right. Yeah. I mean, yes. On paper, these guys are, are free agents at the end of the year, and you're you're only guaranteed their services for two months. But but what better way to to get to know a guy and maybe get sort of the inner track on, on signing him and to have him here and expose him to our clubhouse and, and really see what it's about being in Oakland. So, um, yeah, if it ends up that way, you know what? It was it was worth it, but, but you always have the chance to bring a guy like this back. And I always try and say, like, when you guys are good, you guys are going to go for it. And, like, people, like, forget that you always make trades when the team is good. Uh, t- just tell us, you know, what that philosophy is about always wanting to ha- help the team and win now. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty simple. And I, and I said it, I think, either to you or the media a couple of weeks ago. I said when the guys, the guys in the clubhouse put themselves in position to be in a playoff spot, be in the race, like the only thing that we can do for them is to try and add at the deadline and try and give them – some more help. I mean, they they work so hard. They get themselves there. Um, you know, most of the time, frankly, we, we sit around and watch. But there's a couple times a year when we can actually impact what's going on. And, and they, they certainly played well enough the first four months and put themselves in a wild card spot and within reach of the Astros for us to say, let's, let's see what else is out there. So we haven't been able to talk to you about the trade, but just just how tough was it to part with Jesus Lazardo? Yeah, that was that was kind of the you know I don't know if I'd say the, the downer of the deadline, but certainly the, the toughest conversation we had, and and you know we felt we felt so excited about making that trade initially to bring Jesus here a few years back when we were frankly on the other side of this process and traded Madsen and Doolittle and and really felt like we hit a home run bringing Zeus back, and um, you know the the reality is that this is kind of a short-term short-term game and and we knew what we were looking for now and we weren't going to be able to have a conversation about starling without jesus being in it and and 
We choose to focus on what we're bringing in. I have no doubt Jesus has a lot of good baseball ahead of him. And, um, but, but our focus was on the 21 team and now, and uh, obviously just you know wish Jesus the best. My guess is we'll see him across, across the diamond sooner rather than later. What do you think he needs to work on to improve, to get to be the pitcher that a lot of people think he can be? I don't, I don't know that there's one thing, Chris. I mean, I think we talked about fastball command. We talked about pitching ahead. We talked about a little more deception with his off-speed stuff. I mean, there's, these are little things when you're talking about a 23-year-old guy who's touching 99 every time out there and has two pitches. There's just little and it wasn't, wasn't coming together for him in time, we thought, to help this year's club. Um, but it will. I, I don't doubt that it will. You know, when you talk about bringing a guy up, could kind of be like making a waiver wire process trade. Uh, A.J. Puck throwing the ball well again down in AAA. What are you seeing from the big left-hander? Seeing a really good fastball and re- you know, really, really good velocity out of A.J. every time out. He's, you know, he's back to 97, 98 every time out and, and pitching multiple innings out of the pen. So you're right. He, he could be a really important uh, sort of – acquisition at some point in the next six seven weeks we'll uh you know we we talk about him a lot we'll figure out if there's a spot but nice to see him pitching pitching well down there and i think about guys that can be so valuable david in the postseason because of the days off in a series just how important is that guy that can come out of the pen and give you two to three quality innings it's just it's just it's a main position talk about that in the postseason yeah, I mean, we've seen you know, it's it's a little bit of a different game in the postseason. You know, once you get there, and you, like you said, you've got those days off. You're not not going with a five man rotation, and you're uh, you're sort of running your bullpen differently. And multiple innings guys have been critical. We you know we've used UC that way a little bit in the past, and other guys. So um, yeah, having having that dynamic in a postseason bullpen would be great. Let's 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 work on getting there, and then we'll figure out who it is. Let's end on this. How many games do you think Andre Iguodala will be able to play for you? And will you will you put him on LeBron James again like you used to put him on? Hey, all I know is Steph was excited in his tweet today, so I'm excited too. That's all I need to know. Oh, they, well, you know what it is. He got his golfing buddy back is what it is. It, exactly. If they're, they're out there happy on the links, that makes Steph happy on the court. I imagine that's the, the formula Bob Myers is looking for. Well, great stuff as always, David. Be well, be safe, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good, Chris. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 